This week we speak to Richard Crowell about the six hour at Eastern Creek. I hope you'll stay with us. This week on the line is Richard Crowell and Crowley, it's uh, been an interesting six hours at Eastern Creek. And uh, once again, these endurance racings are, are really starting to take off. You wouldn't think we're coming out of uh, the worst economic crisis in uh, a good long time with the uh, number of cars and the number of manufacturers that are all willing to participate. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and I, I think that's a good point to make is that uh, production car racing really needs these kind of races, Craig, to, to kick on. and to rebuild itself from a pretty rough five or six or seven or even eight years they've had. So uh, very, very important for them to um, to rebuild and to grow and, and to be strong. And it seems that the competitors want endurance racing. It works for them. It gives them a bit of a limelight, I guess. It gives them an opportunity to really be uh, in the spotlight and, and also to, to amortise the cost of actually going racing across two or three drivers, which is just a huge thing. So... Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a really promising thing for what we saw at Eastern Creek at the weekend with the dial before you dig six hours. Uh, a good field of 25 cars or a couple of new cars built just to come out for that race. Um, and I think very, very promising signs for the, the long-term future. Mm. And it was two well-known races in Australian motorsport, Warren Luff and Stuart Kostira, who uh, certainly made the most of the weekend in their Mitsubishi to take the victory. They absolutely destroyed it too. They were by far and away the fastest car right throughout practice and qualifying and uh, drove away in the race and ended up winning by almost three laps. It was remarkable. In fact, they, the 55 car they were driving had their last stop with about 50 minutes to go. Two laps before they made that stop, they put the third lap on the second place car of Inky Tullock and Stuart Jones, which is their teammate uh, in the race in the, uh, the TMR Australia stable. So... Yeah, it was just a, a crushing performance from that operation. A very, very strong run to very, very good and evenly matched drivers and, um, you know, faultless teamwork and, and pit work in a race that saw an unprecedented number of pit lane penalties for the smallest violation. But it's a violation all the same, so uh, they needed to be very, very careful and a lot of teams made mistakes and cost them position. Mm. Now, it was a great day if you uh, like the Mitsubishi Lancer because the Evo 10 took what but all three i think places on the podium with yeah they took first and second an evo 8 car took uh actually a correction you took you're absolutely right they actually swept the top four the uh, the results i'm looking at right now are, are incorrect yeah evo 10 first second third and fourth place uh the first non-evo car was fifth and that was the bmw that won bathurst this year uh since has changed hands now driven by peter o'donnell who's been racing a a lower class car uh, this year, a 130i BMW. He got John Bow as part of the deal with uh, buying the car from Gary Holt, so they finished fifth. Look, they were the second fastest car on the racetrack when John Bow was behind the wheel. Pete's not quite up to the same speed as John, so when he was in the car, they really lost a lot of ground and dropped back through the order a little bit. Um, we saw some pretty exciting fireworks when John jumped in and, and came through the field to uh, to get that car back up to where it was. Um, and the next car was the, the Subaru STI of Barton Moore and Gavin Bullis, the uh, Touring Car Masters two-time champion. Uh, good combination, but that car doesn't quite have the pace. You know, if those two were in an Evo, they would have given Castera and Luff a really, really red-hot go. Mm. Unfortunately, the Subaru is not quite as highly developed, not quite as uh, competitive at this stage, though it's getting better. Uh, so they um, they finished the race in sixth place. Mm. It's amazing, too. a non-turbocharged too. car, you have to go all the way down to 11th place 
the C-Class BMW 130i. So uh, a race dominated by turbocharged cars and especially the Mitsubishi Lancers. Mm. And I was just going to say, with the, the Bullis and Moore uh, lone Subaru WRX STI in the field, it is amazing because when we think back, as you were saying, five or six years ago, Subarus and Mitsubishis made up more than half of any production car field. And uh, yeah. it, it, it shows how, how much uh, one BMW is many, uh, sorry, that um, Mitsubishi has continued to support production car racing and teams in one form or another. And unfortunately, the balance was, was tipped a bit more to the Evo's favour when Wilson Brothers Racing, who have had a, a strong year with Lee Castle behind the wheel of their uh, older model WRX, uh, they were unable to make the trip down. They had some business commitments up in Queensland where they're, um, they're based and unfortunately didn't make the entry, which was a real shame because I, I think they would have probably been a top four contender uh, and, and certainly would have challenged the Evos on outright pace. So... Uh, it would have been uh, nice to have them there. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So, you know, that's, that's the way things roll. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good race without them. But uh, I'd like to think that they'll be back in the future and uh, just as competitive. Mm. Now, you mentioned Gary Holt before. He was in the winning 12-hour um, car of BMW 335i. Mm. This time out, he's in with Ryan McLeod in a Holden Astra. That's a, that's a big change for Holdy. Yeah, it is. Just a tad. Uh, and it was only a, a last-minute deal. And the only reason he decided to keep going after selling the BMW after this year's, uh, the first three rounds, which included his 12-hour win, was because he was in such a good position in the championship. Now, the way the manufacturer's championship point score works, you score outright points based on your class results. So if you win your class, you get maximum points. It doesn't matter if you're outright or not. So for Gary, he decided he'd run in the, the class D, Holden Astra, um, with Ryan McLeod, super strong team, very, very fast car, and they finished ninth outright, a huge effort. Uh, look, that car, in all realisation, it finished ahead of all three of the Class C cars as well. Uh, they were just behind them in 10th, 11th and 12th place, but a few laps back. So, in all truth, that car's probably outclassed. It probably, probably deserves to be in Class C rather than Class D against the normally aspirated cars like the Holden Corolla and Ford Fiesta and... Uh, well, the Toyota Corolla, sorry, Ford Fiesta and Mini Cooper S. So... Um, but that's all beside the point. They did the job. They finished in the top ten. They got maximum points in their class, and as a result, Holty continues to lead the uh, the manufacturer's championship point score. Mm. And uh, interesting uh, that we saw in Class C, Jake Camilleri and Scott Nichols in a Mazda 3, which uh, again is showing the diversity of the field because Class E, the win went to Bob Holden, Justin Matthews and Craig Bradshaw in a Toyota Yaris. So they were 18th outright too. And they did 168 laps. They would have done the race on two pit stops, Craig, which is just remarkable for that little Toyota. Uh, they got a, a drive-through penalty after an infringement in pit lane on their one and only pit stop, their first stop. So they were a bit frustrated with that. But, um, yeah, look, the, the Mazda 3s were really, really good. They're a, a quick car. They're actually better in the wet than they are in the dry. But we saw a remarkable battle in Class C right throughout the race with uh, the Alan Shepard, Garth Duffy, BMW 130i leading right up to the 10 minutes before the end. They had to pit and made a last uh, splash and dash. Uh, Camilleri's car broke a gear shifter halfway through the race, so they dropped right down the order and lost two laps. They gained those laps back and with 10 minutes to go, moved into the lead of their class and 10th outright as well, which was just a, a huge effort from that combination. So 
a great result. And uh, in third in that class was Colin Osborne and Rick Bates in another Mazda 3. So a very good car, those Mazdas, very, very competitive. Just interesting, once again, to see that... Uh that huge amount of diversity there. Now, I, I know that uh, uh, one of the other things when we talked at the top about the diversity of manufacturers it, it, and cars in the in the racing, it, it was also well supported by a number of teams and manufacturers. Yeah, look, it was. I mean, 25 cars. This year, the Manufacturers' Championships averaged 14 or 15, so they, they sort of all came out of the woodworks for it, which was great to see. Mm. The best thing, it's, it's getting better and better as the season goes on and as the years go on, I guess, with the 12-hour being so strong now, uh, that's flowing down into other major events. And, mm. and I think, Craig, you'll see production car racing move more towards long-distance races than sprints. I think that's the format they're going to go with. Highlights of the race is on this week's SBS. I know you're calling all the action from 1pm on Sunday the 25th of July, so uh, we look forward to catching the highlights there, although perhaps at the front of the field it uh, is a bit of a cakewalk. It sounds like there was some great racing further down there. Yeah, there was. I mean, classes C and D were decided right towards the uh, the last 10 or 15 minutes of the race. So there was a lot going on and lots of great stories to tell throughout the course of the race as well. Julie Nemi was down in pit lane, uh, wandering up and down, catching up with some of the stars in the race and getting some inside goss. So uh, we'll have all that action and uh, all the action from the dial before you dig six hour and speed week from one on this Sunday and uh, certainly hope you're tuning in. All right, and Morgan Park is the next round of the Shannon's Nationals, which feature the Australian Formula 3's August 14 to 15. Crayley, always great to have you on the show. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, Morgan Park's going to be huge, but I'm sure we'll talk about that before we go there. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.